Hey everyone, welcome to Conversations That Matter Cell Phone Edition. I just got out of the gym, that's why I look the way I do. Uh, but my house is kind of a mess right now. It's just before we're moving and there's boxes everywhere. And uh, it's a small apartment, so you can imagine um, things get a little crowded uh, when we're running from room to room trying to box things up. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm giving a little space right now for my wife and uh, I'm gonna do the podcast just with my phone out here. Um, and it's, it's gonna be uh, a short one. By the way, some of you, some of you making fun of me for saying something short and then going 50 minutes. Uh, that's short. If it's under an hour, it's short. I, I just hoping you know that. Uh, that's that's my standard for short. So um, I need to come up with another word for when it's really short. I could say really short, but uh, maybe like a micro podcast. That's that's what we're doing here. So that you have your mega editions, which are like that's the three hour long, two and a half hour long podcast that's in depth on something. There's a few of those that I have. I do have some podcasts that I think approach like two and a half hours. Uh, I don't do that so much anymore because I'm putting out so many of them. I, I just can't sit there every day for that long. Uh, and then, and of course, if it's, uh, I, I think an hour, to me, an hour, 45 minutes, that, that should be, that's, that's a good length. If it's over an hour, I'd say it's kind of a little longer. If it's under an hour, it's shorter. So it's short if it's under an hour. Uh, and then the micro podcast, and what, what would that be? I guess uh, anything under half an hour is a micro podcast. So this is a micro podcast. Um, I just came up with this and I'll probably stick with that. Uh, that those are the designations for those making fun of me out there. Um, so what I wanted to do was uh, respond by video to a message that I got. And it's, it's a message that I have gotten in many different forms over the years now. Um, and, but this one particularly hit me. It was someone who was frustrated um, and just it went into details about their life a little bit. Uh, they have children and, um, and, and they work. I mean, it, it could be a lot of different people, right? Uh, that fits the bill. Uh, busy, you know, trying to make a living, but just grieved over what's happening, not just to their country, but to the church, uh, to um, even, even their local church, their local assembly. And they don't really know exactly what they can do. And they just, they want to do something. And I really empathize with this. It made me uh, think back to like 10 or 11 years ago, something like that. Um, when actually it was, maybe it was eight or nine years ago. But I, I remember listening to, uh, at the time, uh, I remember I, I had this, I, there was kind of like two periods of time in my life where I listened to Glenn Beck, his show quite a bit. And, and part of the reason was I thought, it was pretty funny, the uh, Stu and Pat, the other guys, and the way they'd, uh, Glenn, and then the three of them would kind of play off each other, I thought was hysterical. Um, but it was, I'm trying to remember, it was during, I think, I think it was Obama's first term, if I'm not mistaken. But there was just a lot of concerns about what was happening. This seemed like it was different than even other times Democrats had won uh, in the past 50 years. This This was, this just had a different flavor to it because of how radical some of the things he was pushing were. And I remember thinking um, at the time when I was listening to Glenn Beck, uh, and I, by the way, I should mention, um, probably is unnecessary, but uh, I do realize, I know that there's some people who are listening are, are already, they're typing the comment, Glenn Beck's a Mormon, don't you? Yeah, I do. And I actually, I don't listen to Glenn Beck much anymore. Not, not because of the Mormon thing, but just because, um, I don't know. I don't know what it is actually. I think I think there there's just he's moved. He, he's changed, in my opinion, 
uh, a bit over the years, and he, he's gotten a little wacky. And I think the Mormonism might contribute to that. He just, um, he really does combine his, his faith with his political ideas in ways that, for instance, like his eschatological belief seems to have a very special place for America. That's what Mormonism teaches. And you can see that in Glenn Beck if you listen. Uh, America is, it, it is the, it's the city on a hill. It is God's chosen nation almost, uh, in a way. And some of the critiques that leftists will make about uh, the religious right, etc. Um, I see some of those, not all of them, but some of those critiques I could see, okay, I know Glenn Beck fits that a little bit, uh, where he kind of views America as this, n this nation that has the, like a uh, covenant with God. And um, anyway, um, he's kind of been like that for a little while, but I think he's gotten more and more and more that way over time. And I think that was the thing that made me eventually just, I, I don't listen to him as much, but that's a complete rabbit trail. And I just said that for those who, uh, who I just thought of were probably typing their comment, uh, you know, why do you listen to Glenn Beck? I, I don't, I don't as much. And there's nothing wrong with listening to Glenn Beck though, by the way. Um, I, I think, I think he's entertaining, uh, his show and, uh, uh, back to the point. So I was listening to Glenn Beck and, uh, I remember every day, uh, I, w I had a job, I was weed whacking. I was working for a parks or it was a, what was it? Grounds and maintenance department in a, a local town, a municipality. And I'd, I do the weed whacker thing and I put my headphones in and I'd listen to the radio and, or it was a podcast, I guess. I was listening to Glenn Beck and I would just get dis kind of discouraged. Like every day I get angry, I get frustrated. This is happening right in front of me. And what can I do about it? I am a <laughs> string trimmer technician. <laughs> or what are the other fancy words? Bioreduction engineer, we used to call ourselves that. Yeah, I, I, we, we, we whacked and mowed lawns and that kind of thing. So. What, what can I do from where I am? I can't, I can't influence anyone. I can't, um, I, I, people aren't gonna listen to me. It's not gonna change anything. Uh, I really wanna change something. And in my mind, I, it had to be something big. Uh, I never in my wildest dreams thought I would be doing a podcast like this at the time. It just, it wasn't even on the radar. It wasn't on the agenda. Um, but you know, this, it's a windy path that gets us all to kind of where we are. And, and so that's kind of where I am right at this moment. That could change tomorrow. But um, I empathize with the person who wrote me about this. And I, I know that there's a whole lot of people, regular, ordinary, decent people out there who want to do something and feel like they're helpless, that they can't do much. And what I want to say is that you're not helpless. I want to encourage you. You're not helpless. Um, and there's never a point in time in which we are without hope. So some of you know this, some of you need to be reminded of this. I need to be reminded of this because I want to let you know, I still feel that way sometimes. It doesn't go away if you have a platform. Uh, you, you may start thinking, well, if I had a bigger platform, I could do more. Or if I had a job that was truly in government, I could do more. If I was in Congress or if I, if I was the pre, I mean, it gets to the point where even if you're the president, you feel like, you could be helpless. Well, the, the swamp's just keeping me back. I, that never ends. That feeling that, that it never quite goes away. But I, but I do understand when you're in a position where you just feel like you have absolutely no recourse and the ground's shifting underneath you and you're worried about your children, you, you wanna do something. And so um, the number one thing is realize God's in control, pray. Uh, prayer does work. And 
I'm not just saying that. I need to preach that to myself too. I do believe we are under judgment right now. And I, I really, I'm hesitant sometimes about saying what God is or God isn't doing when he hasn't clearly revealed that in his word. But one thing I realize is that in scripture, there's even places where you'll see in the Old Testament that God's judging a nation. And there's an assumption that the nation should kind of realize that that's God's judgment. It's not, um, it, it, it's not just like, well, God hasn't clearly given a special revelation. It's like, look around you, see what's going on. You are being judged right now. You are slaves to this other nation. Um, your morality is going out the window. This is what your sons and your daughters are doing. You're eating people. Uh, it's a sign of judgment, right? So there's, I, I think God does use natural disasters. I think he's used a whole host of things to judge a, a people or peoples. In the case of the United States, we, we're, uh, in some ways, there, there's a number of different nations almost wrapped into one, wrapped into one country. And I think he is judging. Um, I can't in good conscience look at what's going on in, in our culture, uh, our general culture, and, uh, and see, and, and look at that and say, well, that doesn't mirror Romans 1, because it does. Romans 1 is playing out right before our very eyes on a mass scale. So I do think that that is happening, and so I, I pray accordingly. Uh, I do pray with expectation that God will win, because I know that's what the scripture says. Um, I pray with expectation knowing that I play a special role in this because I'm alive and I'm here and all things work together for good for, uh, for those who love God and are called, into his, uh, called according to his purpose. He's put us here for a reason. I don't know always what that reason is, but I know we're here. Uh, and it's an exciting time to be alive. Imagine if you were alive during the time of the American War for Independence or World War II or you, know, you pick the time in history. Uh, sometimes we, we go back, we read books or watch movies on these events, and we think, man, what a time. You know, my time is kind of boring compared to that. Uh, we're living through times when in 50 years, people are pro will probably look back and say, well, that was an interesting time. So just, just realize that. Uh, you are part of a unique time in history. And sometimes the stories that we look back on years and years later aren't the stories of politicians or people with influence, right? They're, those aren't the stories we usually wanna read. Usually the stories that we wanna read are of the little guys, right? They're the, they're, they're the normal people. And, and I remember what Francis Schaeffer said, there's actually no, there's, there are no little people in no little places. Everyone has significance. And we wanna read the stories of, you know, the shoemaker in Nazi Germany, or, you know, the, uh, the banker or the shop owner uh, or the farmer. You know, these are the kinds of things that intrigue us, the businessmen. Um, what, did, what did they do? How did they react to what was going on around them? It's the same today. Uh, and so some things you can do, practically speaking, I'm gonna get practical here. Um, you can write down what's your story. I mean, this is the historian of me maybe coming out, but you can leave a record for your children and your children's children. If you're concerned, um, leave behind a legacy, leave behind something that they can, they can get to know something about their their parents, their grandparents, their great-grandparents, etc., and, and, and teach them the, the moral virtues that you want. You can have a voice that might even be much more uh, um, influential in 50 years when it's not as influential now. And all it takes is you taking a little time every day, 15 minutes maybe, and just writing down your story. Uh, I'm a big advocate of that. Um, other things you can do.
uh, besides just uh, praying that the Lord would, um, would, would intervene, uh, is you can do the things that the Lord has told us to do in Scripture, right? If you're a Christian, you have a mission. Uh, preach the gospel to make disciples. So go out and do that. Use your spiritual gifts in church and enjoy the people around you. Love the people around you. Love the place that, that love your neighbor. Love the place you live in. Love the people that are there. And uh, the greater the proximity, the more love hopefully you're pouring on them. Uh, so that is, um, that's also a way to kind of rebel against <laughs> the evil that's going on in our country that doesn't want us to, it wants us to wear a mask everywhere and not really love people, but love people in the abstract, love the idea of equality or something like that. It's not real love. Go and love real people, minister to them. Um, it brings a lot of satisfaction and, and you, you understand, I think, over time when you see improvement in people uh, or even sometimes rejection, uh, that people reject the truth because they were confronted with it, you see though that there's a reaction. You see that there is something, that you're doing something. So that's another thing uh, that we, can, we, could, we should all be doing. We can all be doing. Um, other things you can do, and this is more political, get involved on the local level. I really encourage this. Um, get in involved with your election board. Get in involved with your school board. Get involved with your town. Maybe run for local office. See where that takes you. Um, we're not all going to be congressmen overnight. You're not going to just, unless you're really rich and you have the money to start a campaign or uh, you have a celebrity status, you're just not going to do it. It's not going to happen. Start on the local level uh, and, and work your, your, yourself up if you want to get into a higher office. But even if you don't, you can have a huge impact on your local community, whether you know it or not. Even just on the school board, you, you might even homeschool your kids. You may, you may not even, you know, care that much, but it's still important to get involved with what the other kids in your community are being educated in. Because let's face it, your children are going to be working in the same world that those children are, are going to be working in when they grow up. So get involved with that stuff. Uh, that's part of loving your community. Um, you don't have to have a huge platform. You don't have to be speaking at big conferences. Uh, sometimes that, that can make a bigger difference in the people around you locally than someone you know way off somewhere who's who no one really knows who says things like like me even right now right you can make a bigger difference in your community that i can make in your community uh that's that's just a fact um so uh in a spiritual uh, in in the evangelical world right not everyone's going to be a john MacArthur, but you can make a greater impact on the people around you if you're a pastor of a local church that they actually attend all right so um, that's something I, I really encourage. Um, I, I encourage people also to take inventory of the skills that they have. Not just the spiritual gifts, but the skills that God has given you. Look at your life as an investment of those things in some ways. Uh, that you're, you do have a purpose and God's equipped you in certain ways. And your, your abilities are unique to you. Not everyone can do the things that you can do. And you may think, oh man, I... I'm just a good painter. No one really wants a painter. Not everyone can paint. <laughs> Use your gift for the glory of God. Use it to um, forward the things that you believe in, the convictions you have, uh, preserve the things that are true and valuable that you love. So um, that's my little pep talk to everyone out there. Uh, I understand the discouragement, but we can't wallow in it. We can't. No matter how bad things get, we cannot wallow in discouragement. Uh, we do not know what the future holds. Yeah, we can see the trajectory, we can prepare, 
but we still don't know exactly what's going to happen. And a lot of things can happen. And so we have a vacuum of leadership right now. When good men do nothing, evil triumphs. Nature abhors a vacuum. Get involved. Be, stand in the gap. Be the lesser magistrate. Um, be a leader in your household first. Be a leader in your community second. Uh, or assist someone who is leading. You don't have to be the one in the front man, but you can hold the bucket. You can hold uh, the, the suitcase for the person who is the front man. You can help them. Uh, do what, what they're so good at. So maybe you, maybe for you, it's it's being uh, playing in a, an assist role of some kind. But we all have a, a part to play in this. Okay, uh, no one is left out of it. Uh, it's not just like there's some people that um, their job is to sit around and do nothing and absorb uh, podcasts. Right. I hope you're not doing that. I hope when you listen to my podcast, my my intention is uh, that you're going to use that. You're going to, it's going to help you think through things. And then in your personal life and your conversations you have, uh, it'll, it'll help frame things for you to have better conversations, uh, et cetera. So that's why I do what I do. It's not just so you can sit around and just listen to me do work for you and all the thinking for you. I don't want to do that. I want to help you think. And so I'm very much about um, everyone getting involved, all hands on deck. All right. That's, that's what we're after. Um, so be encouraged. The Lord is on the move. We don't know what it's going to look like in every way, but there's good things happening. Sometimes, you know, even on this podcast, I focus a lot on the negative things because I have a pretty specific bent right now, which is fighting something very bad and, and preserving good things, uh, but fighting the bad things that would threaten them. So um, it, can, it can seem negative at times, but there, even, even as things go bad, even in places like Nazi Germany, even places like communist Russia, there, there was good things that, that we can always point to. There's, there's, God never completely abandons a country as long as there's Christians there. There's a remnant. He's not going to abandon his people. Uh, nothing can separate you from the, the love of God. Nothing. So be encouraged by that. Um, keep Keep trucking. Okay, as they say uh, in, in uh, the South sometimes, keep trucking. And, um, and yeah, I guess that's all I really wanted to say. I, I just, I, I, I wanted to relate to you all. I understand. Believe me, I do. I, I get it. I, I wish there was a button I could push. I wish I could just make it stop, right? But there is no button. And uh, it's up to God. He's the one with the button. And if um, he doesn't want to make it stop right now, it's not going to stop. Uh, he has purposes, and his purposes center on glorifying himself, showing forth his character, uh, disclosing who he is. In a world without evil, uh, we would not know some of those attributes of God. They would not be, they would not be revealed. Um, his judgment, his wrath, and his mercy. We wouldn't know anything about those things in a world without evil. And so um, there is a grand purpose. We'll understand it more at the end. But we are in the, uh, the, the rat maze right now, and, um, and we, can, we can whistle as we go through it, okay? Not knowing what's around the bend, but knowing that uh, the judge of all the earth shall do right. So, uh, we've gone about 20 minutes. I'd say that is a micro podcast for everyone who uh, complains that my podcasts are too long. Uh, hopefully this one, hopefully, hopefully, and I'm, I'm not bitter about it, I'm not bitter about it. Uh, hopefully this one's a, a good length for you guys, though. And um, more coming later this week. Uh, that's my little pep talk, and it's for myself just as much as it is for you. God bless, and enjoy the rest of your week. Bye now.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.